Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we get started, are you thinking of creating a podcast or are you a podcast host already? As a podcast strategist, I can help you to launch or relaunch a purposeful and profitable podcast, which will inspire, entertain and educate a global audience. Simply book in a one-to-one call with me right now via the Calendly link in the show notes and together we'll focus on the purpose of your podcast. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by John Baker. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Really good. Just had a just had a long weekend of, of running a folk festival on the South Coast. So I'm a bit exhausted, but all, all very good. Oh, very exciting. What was that all about? 60, 60 groups of Morris dancers took over the entire town with bells on their legs and hitting people with sticks and all that kind of thing, plus a number of bands, some really good bands, Again, all around the town, two or three locations around town. So brilliant. I got involved in it about a year or so. No, a couple of years ago, because um, I live in Swanage and had been, wanted to get involved with some local people, meet some local people, and ended up volunteering, as you do. Suddenly there I am on the committee helping to put it all together. Um, really good fun, but yeah, little little jaded now, shall we say. The tent, all the tents finally went down yesterday and all the stuff disappeared. So the field, affectionately known as Sandpit Field, returned back to its normal state. The dog walkers can go there. And how much of a departure is a folk festival from what you normally do? Oh, completely out left field. (laughs) Absolutely bonkers. Um, Well, that was quite interesting because I was chatting to some Morris men, as you do. I mean, and... um, it was, it was interesting because I what I normally do is all based around introversion, helping leaders to understand introversion and helping some introverts to, to well, I was, I was going to say to get over some of the, the, uh, the, uh, the items of introversion which parts of society don't like as much. But the reality is what I do help them with is to stand up and use their own strengths more. But the, the point being, I was having this discussion with some of the Morris men and many people think that anyone that does something weird like dancing around towns, wearing all sorts of strange costumes and feathers and hats, or getting up on stage to speak or to sing or to be a comedian, must be kind of extroverted in some way. And so it's quite interesting to have my first conversation with about 40-odd Morris dancers, and we talk about introversion. And again, what I found was that a large portion of them, far larger than the general population, are introverted, which to me says again, there's something about performing that goes against what people think about introversion. And what founds this assumption that you have to be an extrovert to be front of stage? I wish I knew that one because it really drives me up the wall, I've got to say. It's complete rubbish. Um, it's. I think. I think the simple answer to your question, Amy, is it's about a misunderstanding of what introversion really is. But yeah, there seems to be this this common myth that 
introverts sit quietly somewhere out the back in the darkened room and all the extroverts love being up on stage. And clearly it's not true. So help us understand what introversion is. Okay. So I, I well, there's, there's a couple of things that I find all the time are very relevant in organisations. So those are the two I always start with. The main thing which people talk about when they're introversion is what I would call people energy. If you spend time with lots of people, and the more people you spend that time with, or the, the less you know these people, the quicker your energy just dissipates if you're introverted. Whereas a typical extrovert will be like, yeah, this is great. And they'll be energized by, by all of that. And if we get into it later, we can talk about dopamine and acetylcholine, which is the scientific background to it. However, the, the simple way of putting it is, is people energy. So if you feel de-energized by spending time with people, you're probably more of the introverted end and extroverted, you're probably energized. But there's some other interesting things come out of it as well. Um, so introverts will typically think to talk, whereas an extrovert will typically talk to think. Now, that's not right or wrong, good or bad. They're just very different ways of doing things. And so a typical, you know, almost a, an extreme, perhaps, extrovert will just throw words out into the atmosphere. While, you know, ask them a question, whoosh, out come the words. And that's how they think. You can almost imagine them moving the words around in the middle of the air. Whereas an introvert will go, right, let me think of the best, the most complete, the correct answer. And then they'll try and structure that answer before giving one. And that kind of has quite a lot of implications organisationally for meetings and discussions and things like that. And you mentioned that there was another side. So you, that was organisation and the and the other side that you work on? So the other side, I there are some introverts who come to me because they know that I, I work with introverts and they know I understand about introversion. And they just say things to me like, I want to get better at selling i want to get better at running my business i want to be a bit a better manager i want to improve my career and and they perceive that introversion is what's holding them back and very often it's it's not their skill their skill set is based around their personality traits but what we've got to do is make them see beyond what i call society's extrovert bias where several of the the extrovert kind of traits of standing up on standing ups being happy to spout out loud being happy to to be the one in the limelight are seen as good things and again it's really interesting of how as you you said before that it it, it is a misunderstanding that we have a society that is leaning towards extroverts in terms of how it caters for them and how it expects the expectations of how you should perform in business should be to the extrovert standard and yet actually when you look at how well as you you've just said some of the introverts are performing within a business it's having the balance mm, absolutely so i'm not saying that either one is good or bad as you said it really is about a balance but interestingly there's um as i said many people think introversion as a shall we say a negative thing um even even when I've spoken to introverts, they that, that I can tell that I've known them for a while and I ask the question and they'll they'll try and pretend, hey, well, I'm um because they perceive it as a negative thing. And they see many people see, say in meetings in organizations, shouting out rapid answers as a positive thing, even though that half the answers that get shouted out rapidly are not actually necessarily that positive. And there was a survey, and I'm struggling to think of the 
the details of it at the moment, but 65% of senior executives viewed introversion as a barrier to leadership, whereas many of the successful leaders I've seen around the world are introverts. Richard Branson is the immediate one that comes to mind. Yeah, great example. So going back to energy, it's hmm. centred around energy. Yep. The whole the whole way or focus that you have is yes, it's introversion, extroversion, but it's this sliding scale of of how energy is functioning, not only just in in an environment of the of a corporate or a business world, but also as a personal in your in your whole life. Hmm. How have you come to this being your focus, John? Hmm. Now, there's an interesting question. I knew you'd get to the why question in the end, Amy. That's just um, so. If I look back over many, many years, I've always been. I mean, career-wise, my career started with retail management. Um, then I was training sales teams and consultants around Europe, which was great fun. Before I set up my own business, and there was this two things I've I've kind of reflected on before thinking about today, but also they kind of hit me every now and again one is this number of years ago i'm trying to think when it was now it's about 20 years ago that's a bit bad isn't it i'm going 20 years ago that's way too long ago but i was being interviewed for a for sales job and the interviewer asked me for a moment from my career that i was intensely proud of and so i described this time when one of the one of the staff at the supermarket where I that I ran was all he ever did was stack soap powder. That was his job. And most people would look at that as a fairly boring job, and I can understand why, but he was incredibly good at it. And it's when you sat and talked to him, he suddenly realized he actually did want more. He was quite a quiet person, but he definitely had the skill set to go further and the interest but nobody had ever kind of stopped and talked to him and, and helped him to, to flourish so when this when this guy asked me in this interview what's the proudest moment I told him when this guy got admitted onto the trainee manager scheme and he just looked at me as if I'm crazy and I'm just sitting thinking I, I cannot think of a better thing and I still look at it now to go that's one of the proudest moments I've ever had and I look back at all the other great moments I've had, and they're very similar. Helping, as I said, it was literally helping somebody that didn't have the perhaps a little bit of confidence. I look back now and didn't think of it at the time, but I look back now and definitely it was introverted. But, and I think, but that, to me, that, that interview that I was having just suddenly said, whoa, there's two very different sets of values going on here. Needless to say, even if he had offered me the job, I was going to say no. The very fact that he thought that was a completely crazy thing, and I was thinking, no, this is one of the things I'm most proud of. And so when I look back and I go, why do I do what I do? Because I get an intense glow, um, I don't know, an internal validation. I feel very, very right when I've helped help people. And I think I set up my coaching business in 2005 and I've been fortunate, lucky, however one likes to look at it, I'm honoured to work with some amazing people. But the ones that I feel proudest of are the ones, the ones that have always been the quiet ones and, and helping them to flourish. And so about two, three, four years ago, I can't remember when it was now, 
I was refocusing my business because I just sold my half of my old uh, practice. And I said, no, I'm going to focus on introversion. And that's where it came from. I love that. It's it's really interesting because I asked you about purpose and you took me on this journey of of pride and how essentially it was purpose. It was you demonstrating what was most important to you. And what's interesting is that there was a mismatch of values because the person who you were talking to just did not get it because it wasn't their purpose. It wasn't their mm. values. So your values, John. I talk about values with most people who come on the show. Do you have them clearly defined? <laughs> it's funny. I I have in my head talk, a, a number of things. And so I always talk about the, the helping other people. And I think for me, that's, that is the absolute core. Um, whether it's work-wise, whether it's when I was a scout leader, whether it's um, I was diving instructor for many, many years, the helping other people to suddenly, and the bit that the bit that does it for me is when suddenly just you just see in their face, they've got it. And that's just such an amazing moment. So that's that's probably the big, big one. I love, I don't think you can call the outdoors a value, but there is something to me about peace, tranquility, and nature. I spend a lot of my time underwater and most people go, that, that sure is, surely is an adrenaline thing. For me, it's about relaxation. It's about being nature and just going, ah. And so, yeah, if, if we can call outdoorsy, naturey, relaxing um, a value, yeah, I think it's incredibly important. And I think we could divert for far too long on this discussion if, if we start talking about saving the planet. But I think that's something we really do need to put a whole lot more effort into. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind touching on it, John. Um, I just think it's something that we, as a race, are not considering nearly enough. And I appreciate that there might be. I was trying to be very nice with my words there. There might be some uh, dissent in whether it's a natural adaptation to climate or whether it's man-made. And all I say is, who gives a damn? If there's a slightest possibility that it's man-made, surely we should be adapting what we do. And I'll, I'll probably stop at that point. <laughs> so. no, I love it. I mean, it's funny because one of the UN sustainable goals is life below water. So it is a, it's it's number 14 of them. And I talk about the UN goals and, and the target about how they were set to for sustainably sort of developing the world and for taking care of the world. And you've just illustrated that you know that's something that's really important to you. And but you, so you see it as relaxation. And relaxation is also being present, which is heavily linked with purpose and heavily linked with being or living as opposed to existing you can't be underwater in your scuba gear without being entirely present in the moment absolutely and i think yeah you've just hit it on head because you have to be yes yes you have to relax so you know, you're, you're 40 meters underwater you have to be relaxed but at the same time you have to be absolutely aware of what's going on which are which they sound as if they're almost at opposite ends of the spectrum if i you know had you asked me 20 odd years ago before I, well, 30 years ago before I got into diving, I would have said absolute attention is almost the opposite of relaxation. But nowadays I look at it and go, they are 
they are very connected. And I think the, the the getting back to nature, whether it's underwater or just as I, the other thing I did, so yesterday finished all the uh, getting away the folk festivals, right? I need to just spend time for me. All I do is I, I'm fortunate enough to live 300 meters from the sea, carry my paddle board down there, stand up, paddle around for a little while. And then by the time I'm a couple of hundred yards out in the middle of the bay, then I'll just sit down for 20 minutes and just bobble around and just, just chill out. And you can hear the muted noises around you of people, but overall it's just, it's just being with nature. So filtering out that noise, that's something that as an introvert you're looking to do. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I know many more introverts that, so let's take a step back from that. Do introverts dislike noise? No, it's not part of the definition. However, I know many more introverts that struggle with noisy backgrounds than than extroverts do. And in fact, as I often joke when I'm up on stage, do you, what, what introvert ever would have said an open plan office is a good thing? It's crazy because there is just stuff, noise going on, and introverts are more likely to to find that disruptive. But even more so when people just kind of come up and and start chatting, in, in the, as as they will do in an open office. So yeah, the, the noise thing, it isn't part of the definition. But I do find that there are far more introverts that are likely to be disrupted by a noisy environment or drain or drained drained by it, shall we say. So help me explain, John, what it is about energy that is how we are made up as a human. Is that was that a question? That's that's kind of what I mean. Is it? <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> I was thinking, wow. <laughs> this part of me trying to trying to come up with an answer at a really deep level somewhere there, and I'm I'm not sure that I can quite get there at the moment. Um, the the, the first, I'm going to do two levels. I might come back to the deeper one. But the, the first one, I'll sit there and just, I, I touched on acetylcholine and dopamine earlier, which are both neurotransmitters. We all, we all have them. And there's been some research which shows that introverts are more sensitive to dopamine. So what happens is the body, when we get excited, and this is all of us, we release a certain amount of dopamine. And the more of that, and, and that's how we feel good. And so there, there we are feeling good. And so when we're in this busy environment, a party is a classic one, oh, but a dopamine gets released and that's fine. Introverts are more sensitive to it. So that means that much more quickly, I'm going to go, oh, I've had enough and I'm out of it. And that's where the, the exhaustion piece comes in. So typically two, three, just before COVID, me and my, my partner went to a party and within 15 minutes, She's off chatting away because she's off the scale extrovert. And, and, and I'm enjoying myself. I'm just chatting to a few people one-to-one. -one. But within about half an hour, I'm kind of like, oh, I'm really struggling now. And it's a New Year's Eve party, which is my biggest nightmare. Not that I'm antisocial. Not that I don't like New Well, I don't particularly like New Year's Eve. But the very fact that I know I've got to be in this place when I know my energy will have dropped right off the scale well before the time when I've got to be there and looking happy because society says I have to be. And uh, But by about two in the morning, she eventually, that dopamine thing catches up even with extroverts who are less sensitive to it. And then she was, oh, I'm exhausted now. So we all, we all do get that exhaustion. We all, all get that energy drain. But introverts are more 
likely to get there far more quickly. So that's the that's the simple level that I, I will touch on. The deep, I can't even remember what the question was that led me to them go, oh, Amy's looking for some incredibly deep answer. And even if you weren't, it was just a brilliant question because I was thinking, I'm going to have to work on the answer to that myself later. Yeah, well, feel free to. It's, it's all about energy and and how, as a human, we are made up of this, this different levels of energy, different types of energy, and it, how it manifests differently for each of us. So we we may have similar genetic makeups, but we we have different ways of of sort of transmuting that energy in us, mm. and and how it then dictates what we do and and helps us to guide our interests, our our differences and why we're all unique yeah absolutely and as you say there are things that interest us you overlay that with the value thing you overlay that with the the energy piece and we are all going to be completely different and isn't that isn't that the marvelous thing about us as humans we need to be all different can you imagine what it would be like if we were all the same even if no that's just no even if we're all the same it'd be horrendous so it taps into one of my core values as well, which is diversity and diversity and inclusion. So I, I'm always talking about connectedness and how on this podcast, I am trying to help people to understand that connection is key, but it's okay to be an individual. And what I'm hearing from you here is that it's very much okay to be who you are, how you feel and and show up where you want to and how you want to and understand that it's okay that we are living in a society that is tailored more to an extroverted personality but yes we are moving towards an understanding that not everyone is like that yeah i mean if i if i took what you just said and i'd, I'd sit there and, and flip it into the words of your wonderful podcast i'd sit there and say focus on being you focus on your skills and what you love rather than your weaknesses and I say, focus on your preferences, not what the white world thinks you should be focusing on. Um, so that's what that's that would be my kind of quick summary of, of of actually everything that I'm doing. You also touched on the diversity thing, and I, like you, I get passionate about it for all sorts of reasons. One of the things I often say, though, in business, is that diversity very very important for all sorts of reasons, but ultimately in most businesses. There's, there's all the corporate social reasons for having diverse backgrounds and all the rest of it. But ultimately, what do we want? We want diversity of thought. If we want decent decision making, if we want a good strategy, if we want a sustainable business in all sorts of ways that you can mean sustainable, uh, it's got to be able to deal with and react to unexpected things. And therefore, you need a workforce that are happy to share and have diversity of thought. And that's where when you I've seen it so many times where you've got a team full of extroverts, typically, and suddenly the meeting goes herring off in one direction and nobody stopped them. Because that's a it's a different way of looking at diversity, I'd say, Amy. But uh, that's that's something I see time and time again. I think it's really important. So people come to you, John, that for, for help and understanding how they can better serve their people, how they can make a culture more inclusive. What is it that you are looking to achieve going forward? Do you have a particular legacy that you choose to to work on that you want to work on now as a living legacy? 
that's really interesting because I never ever think about it in those terms. Um, I I always and yet and yet I do. So I don't sit there and go right. What do I want my legacy to be? Other than I would like, I, if if there was something if there was something that everybody wrote on my tombstone, as it were, I would like them it to be he helped. That's it. So knowing that that's what would be written as of today, if something should happen to you, <laughs> what is it you want to to go on to do more, John? Or are you are you winding down? Because I don't feel like you're winding down. Am I winding down? I my specific aim is to spend more time underwater and more time on the top of the water. That's something I'm very actively managing at the moment. However, I want to carry on helping particular introverts. And the reason I ended up helping, focusing on leaders rather than just focusing on introverts was because at the beginning of the the journey with introversion, I started doing a survey and I surveyed over 450 people in business. And when they were talking to me quietly, when they realized that the boss wouldn't hear, they said the a huge amount of them said things like, we're not properly productive. We know we're not fully productive. And when you unpeeled that a bit further, it was where there was an overlap of, they didn't like the culture, the communication style in the business, and they were introverted. And that's when it suddenly hit me that there's so many people, particularly in leadership positions, that don't understand introversion. And if they did, yes, they would have huge increases in productivity. And so there's some teams I've worked with have seen that. But more importantly, perhaps if you take away the business side of it, you've got a number of introverts that are going to have a more fulfilled life because they, their skills, their traits are are wanted more and they don't feel as if, and there are, as we said earlier, there's many people who view introversion as a negative thing. And that's, I, I, I know from my own position, that's not a nice place to be. I actually stand up then on stage to say, I'm not an introvert. I'm a very proud introvert. Because I think it is a, there's huge skills, but you couldn't have a world full of introverts either. And as we said earlier, it really is about a balance. But getting that balance means understanding the benefits of both. It means not having this bias for everyone shouting out the answer, because that's not the right way to do things all the time. I understand what you're trying to achieve and it's admirable it's 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 fabulous I think that there is a real clarity to the work that you have in terms of who you're helping what you're doing what what effects are being what 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 change you you're making there and what I what I want to know is how accessible is your work to the masses I know you've got a podcast how else are you helping people from a global perspective to understand how to be a proud introvert probably not nearly enough when we put it in those humbling terms like how are you helping the entire world so now as you say i have a weekly podcast it's been going on for two and a half getting on for three years now that's called activate your introvert so that's a weekly show to help leaders and introverts I have a website where there's a number of, I have to say, I've got a bit lazy in the last three or four months. It was the summer and it was time for scuba diving. So there wasn't a new new article being added every single week. It's probably every other week. And along with that, there's a, there's a 
a briefing a briefing note that people get from me once a fortnight if they want it on matters around leadership and introversion. So that's the kind of the website and the podcast piece done. I love speaking on stage. And if anyone's ever wanting to talk about the ability to change culture, understand introversion more, run better meetings, because at the core of most of the meeting problems is this not really thought about the people in the room, then standing on stage is a great way. And so, yeah, I, I love doing that. And that's great. Where else is my global global piece going? Probably not that much further, to be honest. I speak on a number of podcasts like this one, uh, quite a few in America, so they pick my voice up over there. That's probably about as global as I go. I chose, in a, in a true work sense, I chose a number of years ago when I, I said, I'm fed up with, wasn't quite the right phrase, but tired of flying around Europe and enjoying the, quote, high life, unquote, uh, in other words, burning up the atmosphere just to go and train people. But I said I wanted to work much more locally and do a whole lot less travel. And now I'm trying to do that and refine that even further. And with the wonderful advantages that lockdown brought us of being able to work virtually. Oh, that that really changed things, didn't it? In so many, so many positive ways. It was brilliant. At the same time. I guess, I guess for many people, it's meant that they can never, never escape. And I was checked to somebody yesterday who is expected always, almost always to be available, not just on the end of WhatsApp, but on the end of a Zoom call. It's like, no, hang on. What's, what's going wrong with society that we expect people to be available at the beck and call all the time? We need to get back to a society where people are people and then they can perform better. John, you mentioned earlier that it's about the difference between think to talk and talk to think and I'm just wondering if there's some advice that you could give where people could identify people in their environment so whether it's at home whether it's at work whether that's just with friends and start to notice more whether somebody might be more introverted than before yeah, I mean that, that's a that's a really good one to start with. If you, if you if you are chatting to somebody and typically they really quickly fire back their answers, as opposed to you can see they stop and they think about it, that means they're more likely to be an introvert. That in itself does not make them an introvert. Let's be really clear with that. It might be the question you asked. It might be the day of the week. It might be any sorts of things, but. That, that might be there. Um, some other ones, if you go to a, a networking event or one at a company conference where everyone's standing around in the breaks and things like that, quite often they might be the kind of the introverts, might be the people on the edges of the room, whereas the extroverts are more likely to be in the centre holding court. Perhaps you see these people and they're much more animated, much more social with close contacts and much less so with contacts they don't really know that well. Again, that suggests they might be more introverted. Interesting one is, are they inconsistent with their socialising? Sometimes you say she would go for a drink and they love it. And other times, uh, no. And again, that's just this energy level. And I, I had this myself a few weeks ago when somebody said she would go for a drink. And I'll be honest, I was just peopled out. Whereas at other times, I've had a day where I've been my head deep in a spreadsheet which I love doing and I know there's got for one of us in the world and um, 
And yeah, I was definitely up for so it. So for me, the inconsistent socialising thing can often be a, an energy thing. Um, do they prefer email to phone calls or even worse, the disruption when you come and sit on their desk and ask questions? None of these in themselves are proof, but they might make you start to think. So it comes down to communication preferences, to connection preferences, to just how they want to spend their time and it's just a case of just ask yeah absolutely and I think I think that's absolutely you might not go are you an introvert because are you an introvert sounds like a bit like an interrogation question and especially if we assume that that's a negative thing but yeah but look watch and ask and more to the point actually does it matter if they're an introvert or they perceive themselves to be an introvert, more to the point, if on the scale of things that I was just talking about, you think they might be, do some of the things that will help them. So when you're talking with them, whether that's one-to-one or in a meeting, give them the space to answer. Because if we go, introverts will think to talk, ask the question, and don't just assume because they haven't said anything straight away when Fred in the other corner of the room is jumping up and down, waving his arms and shouting out, don't assume they don't have an answer. Assume that they are structuring that answer to deliver it best for in the way that they think you want. And so give them the space for that. Or ask them which number of ways you can do that. That might be about just literally hold the space. It might be about asking the question slightly again. But as long as, because what tends to happen is if you always, as so many people do, ask a question and then they don't say anything immediately and you start giving them the answer, what you've just done is trained somebody you're not interested in them. And if you've been doing that for months or years, they're not going to answer anyway because you've trained them not to bother. So if, if you're trying to undo that, it takes quite a lot more effort. I but feel that, like that, we... No, sorry, I was just going to yeah. say, but that, that I think is more, more important than the are you an intro. Just look at those, some of those signs and go, okay, let me start to think about that. I feel like the conversation has done a full circle of the challenging assumptions at the start. And we've just sort of tied up some more assumptions in, in, that people make and just help to understand how not to be that person that makes those assumptions. It's, it's been a really interesting talking to you, John. How could people get in contact with you? What's the best way to, for them to reach out? You mentioned your podcast, you mentioned your website. Where are you on social media? So on social media, I'm on LinkedIn a lot, which is John Baker. That's John without an H. On Facebook, there is Activate Your Introvert. And on podcast, and on exactly the same. And the website is introvertinbusiness.co.uk. Fantastic. Well, they'll all go in the show notes. So thank you for those, John. Have you got some final words for what we've been talking about today or, or whatever you want to how do you want to close out the episode john it's been marvelous having you on and i know you're desperate to get back under that water so <laughs> <laughs> have you got some final words yeah i think a couple of things um we touched on the one earlier if which is about allowing people to be themselves and being accepting of that so if you realize that I mean, you're one of these people that says, oh, it's only you know, people aren't interested in a meeting or they're not interested in their career because they're not always shouting or answering questions. Just just accept that that's probably a sign that you're biased. So 
think about the other people, give them the space. And the, the final thing is I, I touched on that earlier. What is it that we need to do about us? Whether you're introverted, extroverted, whatever, focus on you. Focus on your skills, not your weaknesses. Focusing on your preferences rather than what the world is biased to believe, because that's when you're going to be far happier. And by being happier, you're going to you're going to make the world a much better place. And ultimately, that I think is the important part. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.